subscriber friends and I'm Christine and you're listening to episode one of the Unabridged Yarns podcast. Today we're going to begin at the beginning with first projects, first spins, uh, and first things for the new year. Um, If you hadn't noticed, (laughs) I changed my name. I discovered that there was a Nomad's Yarn, so I thought being Yarn Nomad was maybe going to cause some confusion later, or just I didn't want to be holding on to anybody's coattails or causing any confusion. So I was like, I'm just starting out. I'll do it. I'll take one for the team. So here I am, uh, Unabridged Yarns. I chose Unabridged because... I'm not planning on really editing my podcast, just starting and stopping it to add in music. That's it. Um, And when it comes to my Instagram, I don't use any filters or any kind of editing. I just take a picture, hopefully in natural light, and that's that. So I like to keep it real. And also I'm just too lazy to do all the editing and, and make things look perfect all the time because life isn't perfect people aren't perfect and yeah I don't want to present myself like that but if you've seen a picture of me you know I'm not perfect and I don't mean that meanly about myself I just literally am like a hot mess all the time so (laughs) first projects so I began crocheting when I was a little girl between 8 to 12 years I actually don't remember my grandma Ruth taught me Um, and then I kind of stopped because it wasn't cool. And then when I was a junior in college, my roommates were all doing it. They wanted to be all like homemakery and stuff. And they were all, hey, you never hang out with us. They were all freshmen and I was a junior. So I was doing a lot of heavy classwork. Um, but I was like, okay, so I picked up a crochet or a crochet hook. And even though, um, it didn't fully come back to me, I stumbled my way through it, made the worst looking scarf known to man. Like I literally had a crochet in where it got all wavy. Like it was so ugly that my now husband, uh, quote unquote, lost it. He says legit. I don't think so, but I also don't blame him. It was the most embarrassing um, acrylic Broncos color scarf known to man. It looked like someone on methamphetamines crocheted it. It was a trip. It was horrible. It was really bad. And it was really bad. And in fact, I feel kind of guilty saying it looked like someone on methamphetamines. Um, did it because I feel like that's putting down people that, you know, have a drug addiction because it was that bad. It was bad. It was really bad. I only wish I had it. So when I teach people, I could be like, look, look at how I started. I'm not saying I'm that great, but if I could get from this, then you know, there's hope for you. (laughs) So then, um, I learned to knit technically from my mother-in-law, but 
it just never clicked and I hated doing it. So then right before we moved to Germany, I had a neighbor named Virginia and she taught me how to continental knit and that clicked. I don't know if it's because I went from crochet to knitting that continental worked better for me or if it's because um, I'm left-handed. So, well, technically I'm ambidextrous, but I was raised left-handed. So I don't know if it's something to do with that, but I found that a whole lot easier. And that's when I started knitting. Um, and then we moved to Germany and I had another neighbor named Virginia and she was like, you should die, you should learn to die. Not you should die, but you should learn to die yarn. Like, she wasn't gonna murder me or anything. <laughs> Not awkward. Um, and I was like, no, that's pretty deep down the rabbit hole, I'm good. And then uh, I learned to dye yarn, did that. And then she was like, you should try out spinning. I really think that that would be great for you. And I was like, no, that's a little bit too deep down the rabbit hole. And before we moved from there, I had a Kromsky Sonata. I named her Liebchen. Um, <laughs> so, you know. And if I wasn't deep enough down the rabbit hole then, when we got here, I bought an Angora rabbit. Her name is Olive. So she is my apartment sheep because I can't, you know, have like sheep or anything else because when we live in an apartment, that wouldn't be cool. And also we still move around a bunch. So in our semi parapet, para, gosh, I can't say thing para itinerant life, um, I need, a more mobile animal, which I know that may not be true with rabbits, but it's the best that we could do because my eldest is allergic to cats, dogs, and birds. So it was either bunnies or iguanas, and no offense to anybody who likes iguanas out there, I just didn't see them as very cuddly and a good option for an emotional support animal for my eldest. Um, Olive is kind of her own person, so she's also not, but you know, we all love her very much and I think she brings us a lot of joy. And she is kind of true to her name. She has the soul of an old lady. She's super grouchy. So that's kind of like my first knitting and kind of like my first spinning thing. I've spinning has been really important to me though. Um, it's over the last few years gotten me through a lot, really grounded me and given me a way to have some kind of consistency. And I know that sounds funny, but we move every three years pretty much. And it's like new people, new friends, new everything. And 
that part of my routine stays the same and that's nice and it is very soothing if you don't spin you should do it it's pretty calming it's nice I love it I try to do 15 minutes a day at least um, so yeah I've been oh I just totally hit my mic <laughs> sorry um, so yeah so I try to do 15 minutes a day. I've been trying to go through the different breed families of sheep. Um, I've done down wool, fine, medium grade. I've just begun a coarser long wool. And I know like some long wool is actually fine or medium. Um, I chose to clump them up by um, down, fine, medium, and coarse. That just made a lot more sense. And then, you know, exotic fibers or, you know, luxury fibers or whatever. Um, and plant-based fibers. Um, and man-made fibers is another one. Or I think I put them in a group called specialty fibers. Uh, yeah. That's what I think I did. Yawn. Sorry. It's not midnight. It's like three o'clock. So I'm not being horrible, I promise. Um, anyways. Yeah, so I've been going kind of through that and I hope to share that kind of stuff with you while I go through it. Tell you what I like, what I don't like, that kind of thing. My plans. I make lots of plans. I need to work harder at executing them. All right, before we go on to the fibery goodness and yarn stuff that's about feelings and whatnot, <laughs> um, I'm going to play for you a song. It's called Sheep by Jacob S. Rat Lift. Rat Lift. Yep. All right, here you go. Volatile memories 
podcast um, we're going to talk about you know stuff like feeling stuff so I was on Ravelry um, the beginning of the year or towards the end of the year actually and I came across this amazing group so um, it's called cold sheep so 2020 and I think a lot of people went through this. Uh, I don't think I'm the only one. Um, their shopping yarn addiction went out of control. I mean, no one's gonna blame you. That's what happened to me. Uh, I have over six, 600 different types of yarn in my stash. I'm not saying individual, I'm saying I could have five of one, one of another, but types. So it is pretty out of control. I haven't done the math how long I'd have to live to knit all of it, um, but I'm pretty certain it's longer than my life will be. Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, and it's it's just, you know, not good. So... I have decided to go cold sheep. To go cold sheep is to abstain from buying yarn or fiber. Um, my goal is to go until I'm down to under 100. But I might be dead by then. Who knows? Um, but we're just going to give it this year. So. I think I'm going to talk about this um, in each episode, just kind of telling what's going on with me. Um, I'm totally using this as a yarn anonymous like kind of thing. 
we can support each other, I guess. So, so far I've done okay. I caught myself going on Etsy and yarn.com and it picks a couple times and I said no. I tried to buy like fabric instead and then I was like, Christine, you don't even like to, you know, like sew. So I said no. I am a little bit worried that I'm gonna break down by August because we move in July and it's gonna be an international move. We're moving off the island. We live in Hawaii. And I'm a little bit nervous that that will be my weak point and I'll just say screw it and buy a bunch of stuff I don't need. So hopefully I don't. <laughs> I have the goals of saving up to get um, some Ann Wool dresses. So this year, along with that goal, I'm going to work on stash bu busting all of my uh, plant-based yarns. So when we moved to Hawaii, I bought all this like cotton and linen and stuff, and then I never knit with it. So I'm like, the time is now. You can still use it for summers wherever we go next. Time is now because the likelihood of us going to another tropical place is pretty much zero, but let's make some summer shirts. So I'm actually gonna try to knit a top a month. Um, I am a little bit of an overachiever and I'm really scared about it, but you know, it's, it's gonna be fine. Um, I am 18 days in from cold sheeping which means I've got 12 more days until I get my 30-day badge. So I feel like the first 30 days is the worst because so like in behavioral modification and stuff, they say it, it takes like 21 days to overcome a physical addiction um, and kind of start to reach over the bump of like a mental or emotional connection like addiction, if I remember right. It's been like two decades since I took my behavior modification class, but basically by the time you hit 30 days, the physical addiction's gone and you're just fighting through the tell, like you're just fighting through then the emotional addiction, which could or could not take longer, I think, uh, my not expert opinion, just because it depends on the person and how long they've been relying on that addiction, I imagine. Um, in my case, I have been relying on it since my first, I was pregnant with my first baby. Uh, my husband went to basic training and I was pregnant with our first daughter and um, little girl clothes are freaking adorable and I bought so much. So it started with baby clothes and then it went into, so once, you know, like, their clothes weren't cute anymore, it started going to yarn. And then also fiber. And then, well, I actually, I should say it started to go into fabric first because I was sewing a lot of clothes for her. of a very tall girl for her age. And then um, from fabric it went to yarn and then to fiber. And now here I am, I have a foot locker full of fiber that is vacuum sealed. Um, I call it my stash of shame. No one knows how big it is except for me. Um, and even I don't really. Yawn. Sorry. And then 
I also have all my yarn vacuum sealed and hidden away. But, um, I'm doing good. Now, if you check my Ravelry and you see me update and add new stash, I actually bought that on Christmas Day. Um, and I just haven't put it in the stash thingy yet because I've been dying with native plant dyes here. Kind of like a memento for when we move. And I haven't finished the dyeing. I've done... Um, Okay, I'll have to tell you about it later because I don't remember the names, but oh, I've done hibiscus, which turns kind of like a slate bluish gray. Mine was a little bit seafoamy green. I think I accidentally got a pink hibiscus in there and it was supposed to only be red hibiscus. So pink hibiscus dyes like a lime green, red is like slate blue. Um, oops, a daisy. And then I dyed with turmeric, which is uh, called Hawaiian ginger here. It's like called Olina, I think. And then, um, is the Hawaiian name. And then I dyed with, what was, the, oh, avocado. Um, and that was one of the worst experiences of my life because that stuff smells bad when you're boiling it. Not the avocado, but like the pits in the skin still. Now I could be wrong, maybe I did it wrong. The yarn looks great. But that was the worst smell I've ever had in my whole life. And then after that, I died with cabbage and still not as bad. Like I was like, bleh, about the avocado. <laughs> so anyways, back to cold sheep. If anybody wants to join me, I'm doing cold sheep. I feel confident right now. I feel like it's going to get increasingly entertaining for you guys by the middle of the year when we move. I'm very anxious about that. Um, I'm excited to move because as much as it's nice to visit Hawaii, I like to have four seasons and I really miss it being cold at Christmas. It's very disorientating. It feels like time stands still here, which some people might like, but I don't. Um, I find, yeah, I just find it really disorientating and confusing. I like to experience the seasons, so I'm excited to leave, but not about packing in the move. That's not going to be fun. <sighs> yes, moving. All right, so to kind of go with my cold sheep, my theme for kind of this year is going to be boundaries. Everywhere we move, I kind of look over before we leave what I've really kind of learned living there. Like what was the ongoing message that the powers that be were telling me? If you're not religious, that's cool. Like, I'm just saying, I feel like God just kind of over and over and over sends me a lesson until I get it through my thick skull. So, and the lesson here in Hawaii was boundaries. I need to create them, keep them, and support them. Um, I've really struggled with seeing the red flags in, in people, and I have a tendency to give people excuses for things that 
even though everybody makes mistakes, I make mistakes. It tends to get me in a situation where I'm in an abusive friendship or um, I get taken advantage of, which I guess may be kind of like abusive or at least toxic. Um, but this last experience, my kids were friends with their kids and so the abuse bled into my family and after I had some space and I saw it and I saw how unaccepting so my daughter has dyspraxia she is technically on the spectrum very high functioning um, but she does not get a lot of social norms she's very literal um, but she has the tenderest heart and she never means anything badly and because they did these people didn't respect boundaries they, they just had no sympathy no compassion towards her and um, by the time I saw that I had made so many excuses for all the little things it was like I was just in shock that I didn't see it before but also I thought they were different people but I had ignored all these red flags before then so I realized that if I had created good boundaries from the beginning people that don't respect boundaries won't waste their time with me um, and so I won't have to there won't have to be any drama separating from these people that um, are going to hurt my family. So, yeah, it's kind of a real thing, but that's what I'm working on today. Boundaries for, or this year, boundaries for myself, like cold sheeping it, and boundaries for others, like, yeah. So, while we move to a new place, fresh start, halfway through the year, I'll be able to have had really good practice with my boundaries, and hopefully I won't be in situations where, as much, where I'm being taken advantage of and my children are being taken advantage of and my um, family is hurt. So that's my plan um so we're gonna close out now with a song to knit slash spin to one more time it's called live today by aaron and julia shoreline and then yep and then i'll say goodbye <laughs>
counting my morning face Ready to give life another take What's the worry anyway? I ain't asking for a fairy tale Just wanna live and live myself And let life take me Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that song. Thanks for joining me today um, on this journey through life, fiber, arts, and mental health. This was episode one, begin at the beginning, of the Unabridged Yarns podcast. And until we meet again, farewell, my fiber friends. Mm -hmm.